Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. How much better is it to get wisdom than gold and to get understanding rather than to be chosen than silver? The highway of the upright is to depart from evil. He that keepeth his way preserveth his soul. And verse 18, pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Better is it to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. Pride goeth before the fall. Some of y'all know in this room that the world is now celebrating a month. And there's a specific word that they use for this month. Pride. Pride. I am not attacking any person. I'm not attacking here to attack any specific sin. But I am here to attack the devil. That's okay. We are to love the sinner and we are to hate the sin. I truly believe that. Because we were, and I'll say were all sinners. This is not to attack one specific sin. Because in essence, the word of God is declaring in this month they call pride is I want to address not just one as the most obvious that we see in the corporate media for these 30 days, changing logos to rainbows, trying to push a specific agenda on our nation and on our children. That's a whole different topic, but the devil is trying to sexualize our children. Parents, fight the good fight of faith. Pray, war, and stand against this spirit of debauchery, lust, and pride. But I want to go ahead and just go ahead and lay the foundation and say this very simply in my introduction, not even in the notes, but it has to be said. Church, there's good and evil. There's light and there's darkness. Amen? Amen. There's saved and there's unsaved. There's the flesh and the spirit. Well, I'm going to go ahead and give you the basic foundations of all of them. Stack them all under these two. Everything of the devil is pride. The foundation of every sin, howbeit thievery, lust, lies, it's all under the foundation of pride. In like manner, on the opposite side of light, good, and spirit, it's all on the foundation of another word. This is humility. Amen? Without humility, you cannot be saved because you have to come and recognize the sinner that you are in the moment to ask for his spirit to forgive you, to fill you, cleanse you, and empower you to become a saint. Amen? So everything that is on the devil's side, the very foundation of all sin is pride. And on God's side, everything good and perfect gift comes out of his spirit by way of humility. We always see light versus dark and good versus evil, but I I bring to your attention two words that are equally counterproductive. One is pride and one is humility. The word pride in the Strong's, it gives us a few examples of synonyms that Ring this point home. Exaltation, arrogance, excellency, pomp, swelling, or another word, arrogancy, being arrogance, the root of all sin. I would love to present to you this morning. Honestly, I told my wife I'd love to, to give you a Father's Day message, maybe on the, the prodigal son who came home with a good father that when it was proposed to become a servant in the house he says no you're my son here's a robe here's a ring we're gonna 
celebrate. We're going to kill the fatted calf. But I told my wife, and I've, I've said this before, I do not believe that God is bound to a Gregorian calendar. So I would love to, for the sake of all the fathers in this room, let's just talk about good daddies. He's a good, good father. I could tell you how many times this, that song has been played in churches across this nation this morning, right? You're a good, good father. It's who you are. But God gave me this word for today, and especially I see now very poignant to the month of pride that they call it. Church, I will also propose to you this. I do not find it coincidental that it was chosen the sixth month because the number six, according to Scripture, is the number of theologians in the house. Man, not God, us, mankind. Church, you remember in Scripture that it was pride that brought Satan to say, I will exalt my throne above the heavens. His attempt to dethrone God and to take God's place was all rooted in pride. He brings it to the Garden of Eden. Did God really say that you will die when you eat this fruit? It was pride that caused the fall of man as well in Genesis chapter 2. Ezekiel, the 16th chapter, go with me there. As we're going to read something very pointed, especially towards the propaganda that the world is pushing on us in this very month. And as you turn to the 16th chapter of the book of Ezekiel to the 49th verse, I want us to talk about again, again, this, let's just say it straight and we'll call it like, like it like it needs to be called, homosexuality. We see rainbows left and right and it, and it actually breaks my heart because they're literally sticking the middle finger up to God when they're using that rainbow. Because it was that very same symbol, the rainbow, that God gave us in Scripture where Noah was on Mount Ararat after the, the rains, the waters had seceded from the 40 days of rain, that God said, I will not cause judgment in the form of a flood on the earth. But the devil took that symbol of promise and twisted it to a symbol of pride. And church, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that dare defile the armies of the living God? Church, this is a war. And where the devil wants us to take up arms, we need to remember that our fight is in the good fight of faith. That the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The church in America is asleep. When the cat is asleep, the mice come out to play. But the church is asleep, by and large. And we talked about that as a point of where God is moving so strongly overseas the desperation, the commitment that you have in foreign countries, people giving their lives to the cause of Christ, even people giving their lives for satanic reasons. They're falling after false gods and different religions that will not, surely not get them to heaven, but they are committed. Ezekiel 16.49, again, pointed to the specific issue of sin, homosexuality, that they're giving the middle finger to God. And then... Twisting and saying love is love. Well, love is not love. Love is God. God is love. According to Scripture, that's what love is. And to pervert it is quite literally blasphemy. Ezekiel, the 16th chapter and the 49th verse. Everybody have it say amen. amen. 1649. It says, and we're going to just read the two verses, the verse 50. Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom. Y'all pay attention. This was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom. Pride, fullness of bread, 
and abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy. And they were haughty and committed abomination before me. Therefore, I took them away as I saw good. We all know what happened to Sodom. Amen. And the Bible clearly tells you now, and I don't know if you have, have heard this, but I'm going to just speak freely. It is since said in the secular realm regarding Sodom, the reason God destroyed them was because they would lack charity. There was a lot more to it than that. Church, you know that we cannot take one piece of it, of scripture, and then build theology on it. You have to see the whole context, right? Well, if they're prideful, I guarantee you they're not going to be very charitable. The issue, it said, and it literally pride, fullness of bread, and abundance of idleness was in her. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the needy. Of course, by default, was not charitable. And they were haughty and committed abomination before me. Therefore, I took them away as I saw good. So if you look at verse 49, you could summarize it in all aspects because as I stated previously, the lack of charity is rooted in their pride. He really gave you three basic elements of the issue with Sodom. It was pride, number one, lust. When it says full of bread, the issue was give me. I want. I want this now. It's for me, me, me. Do what I, I, I want. Lust. And lastly, laziness. So you're going to look at three. It's pride, lust, and laziness. It said abundance of idleness was in her. That's laziness. So they thought of themselves more highly than they ought to. They wanted what they wanted, when they wanted, how they wanted for them and not any thought of anyone else. And they were absolutely lazy. I've heard this said before, and I'm sure you guys at this point have heard this too, but I want it to be said for the, for the record of the sermon, that if God does not judge a nation bound to these sins, he will have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. I do not like to come off as a fire and brimstone sermon. I do not really care to be in that position. It's not fun. But church, we've got to speak the truth. But I have to speak the truth in love. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of our God. God is a God of mercy, but he is a just God. He's got to bring judgment. So with every fiery sermon of the, uh, uh, that needs to come out of truth, we know that there is a God. There is a bomb in Gilead. There is a ram in the thicket. God has provided America a way of escape. But I'm saying, as sure as the day is long, let it go on the record. If this continues in our nation, the way we are sticking the finger at God, using his symbols and twisting it, perverting it, God will judge this nation no different than he did for Sodom and Gomorrah. He is, as we said in Sunday school, if you were there, he is no respecter of persons. So just as much as he would elevate this person, he can elevate you. But he also, if he judged this person, he can also judge us as well. The message quite simply this morning is pride being the issue of sin. It is humility that is the solution for our need and our help for God. 
I want us to go to Isaiah chapter 40, verse 17. Isaiah, and we're going to stay in Isaiah for the duration of the supportive text to our closing. Isaiah, the 40th chapter, look at verse 17. I don't have a long message, but I do have, a, I do have verses that I do need to cover. I'm going to skip a few as I go across because I want us to hit some highlights. Church, we have been blessed to live in a nation that has become a more perfect union. But the closer we get to our economic perfection and our equality, I'm seeing us getting further and further from our moral perfection. Isaiah 40, verse 17. Everybody have a say amen? Okay, well it says, All nations before him are as nothing, and they're accounted to him less than nothing and vanity. To whom then will you be likened, God? Or what likeness will you compare unto him? The workman melteth a graven image, and goldsmith spreadeth it over it with gold, and casteth silver, chains. He that is so impoverished and hath no oblation chooseth a tree that will not rot. He seeketh unto him a cunning workman prepared a graven image that shall not be moved. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Hath it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants therefore are as grasshoppers, and stretcheth out the heavens as a curtain, and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in, that bringeth the princes to nothing. He maketh judges of the earth as vanity. Yea, they shall not be planted, yea, they shall not be sown, Yea, their stock shall not take the root of the earth, and they shall take them away as stubble. To whom then will you liken me, or shall I be as equal, saith the Holy One Church? This whole passage is talking about the greatness of God as compared to the smallness of man. Talking to us as grasshoppers, and that we would, we would dare even consider idols made out of gold. These things that we put in a priority over God here even in this nation. Social media. Church, y'all know how these things go. The devil's just going to come give you this and this and that. And next thing you know, you find yourself totally consumed by this thing. And you're falling into idolatry. The, the, the prophet Isaiah is saying, these things are not worth it. God is the God of the supreme universe. Even the psalmist talks about him. The earth is his footstool. To compare God to us, there's no comparison. Skip down to verse 28. It says, hast thou not known? Hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is he weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He gives power to the faint and to them that have no might. He increases strength. Paul, what a promise. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. And the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Boy, I love that one, huh? They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So we see that first part is recognizing that God is so much bigger than our own earth. That everything in this world that we put ourselves and our investments into cannot compare to the greatness of our God. And he even calls out idol makers and people that worship these idols. And that's amazing because we're considering here in America where we're stuck in, in our, our lifestyles of doing the same thing over and over again. Judgment is coming to the house of God according to Scripture. Judgment will not only come to the house of God, but it is also coming to the outer realms. 
the sinners will be judged. The saints also will be judged. In the month that they call Pride Month, the Spirit of the Lord is coming out and speaking the word humility. Humility. Turn with me to Isaiah 42, just a couple pages over, if necessary, the 42nd chapter, verse 5. Isaiah 42, we're going to look at verse 5. This is where God calls Israel into righteousness. We just read in a chapter or two before about their idleness, their, their worshiping of idols. And then an encouragement to say that you can come and he gives strength unto the weary. And looking over to this passage, the same prophet says, Thus saith the Lord God, he that created the heavens and stretched them out, he that spreadeth forth the earth and that which cometh out of it, and he that giveth breath unto the people and the spirit of them that walketh therein, I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness. I will hold thine hand and will keep thee and give thee for a covenant of the people, for a light of the Gentiles. Now, there's a little side nugget right there because we know that at this point in time, there was no plan of that salvation for the Gentiles because even at the time of the new covenant, all of the apostles were a little bit shocked and surprised that there was a movement in salvation outside of Israel, the chosen one. We're going to read to verse 8. To open the blind eyes and to bring the prisoners from prison and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. I am the Lord God. That is my name and my glory will I not give another. Neither my praise be given to graven images. In other words, church, God is drawing the line in the sand. He won't share his glory with anybody else. I'm reminded of Joshua, choose ye this day whom you will serve. Church, that this is going to happen in our nation so, so evidently, and there's going to be a lot of shaking. There's going to be a lot of torment. There's going to be a lot of reality checks that are going to come. So far, we're feeling the, the gas prices of almost $3 a gallon. I'm feeling that reality check on my checking account. But there's so much more to come. And this church in America has got to get on their knees and pray because the spirit of pride is rampant. When the spirit of pride runs rampant in a nation, every form of debauchery will be a result. Every single form of debauchery. Right now, church, we are experiencing transgender story time with children in the libraries. This should shake us to the core. When children are being taunted by adults to twerk and throw dollar bills at 10-year-olds, there is a problem in our nation. And we have to call it out for what it is. It is an abomination. It is perversion. And now even with the so-called mainstream church is laxing in idleness towards calling out sin for sin and holiness for holiness. Church, we're going to be persecuted for righteousness' sake more than ever before because when, when the iron comes down, the iron fist comes down and daddy government starts taking away private property, I'm serious, this nation has to be judged because we are a modern Sodom and Gomorrah. We have stuck the fist in the face of God and says, dare you. Like I said, I don't particularly care to have such a strong word I prefer it to be a loving Father's Day message, but I will tell you the truth has to come out. And now, more appropriately, during Pride Month. It's promise, not pride. 
It's humility, not pride. There's a reason that this, this very movement is pushed the theme of pride. Because with pride, you get every single sin that you can possibly imagine. Thievery, right? Much more than in any sexual promiscuity, of course. All sin is founded on the principle of pride. He is destroying the homes, the family unit, parents getting divorced. Over 50% even in the church today, that was in the 90s. I don't even know what the stats are now. It's over 50% within the church. Sin being accepted at the pulpit. Sin being accepted in the church under the guise of God loving and His mercy. But trampling on the mercy without repentance. Jesus said, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Good works will never lead you to salvation. But when the pulpits are preaching sin as an acceptable behavior in the life of a believer because of, due to humanity, we are headed towards judgment. The devil is running rampant with his, his uh, philosophy, his theology, and he's indoctrinating our children from not only universities, but high schools, now even elementary schools, pushing this pride month, pushing perversion, homosexuality, bestiality, identifying as animals, and we're calling this normal. Pick your pronoun church. This is in the church, the mainstream church that we call Christian. And I'm not talking about sinners will sin, church. But hear the word of the Lord. When sin is accepted in the, what we call the church today, judgment is about to begin. Let me talk about birth pains. When the pulpit is accepting it, that's when God says, that's it, fire. Go with me to 1 Peter chapter 5. And as I just read through these passages, as the word came forth from Isaiah to the nation of Israel, talking about their opportunity for repentance and that God will strengthen them and be their, their, their arm to, to equip them, to be a light to the Gentiles, to open the blind eyes. Again, it is a message not of condemnation, but it is a message of repentance. Church, I don't not one for prophecy, but as you turn into 1 Peter chapter 5, I'm going to tell you that I feel the Spirit of the Lord is unctioning in this church to come out of this, this message on our YouTube channel in this place to say, Church, it is coming. It is a word and it is a record that judgment is about to begin. We are feeling the birth pains. I'm saying put your seatbelt on and get strapped in. Put your helmet of salvation, your breastplate of righteousness. Let's gear up and get ready for war. 1 Peter chapter 5. Everybody have a say amen. Likewise, ye younger, it says, submit yourselves unto the elder. And all the children said amen. All right, y'all. I'm holding y'all to that. And all the mom and dad said amen. <laughs> ye all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with. There it is. For God resist the prideful. For God resisteth the proud. He resists our pride and gives grace unto the humble. And that little phrase, my friends, right there, just literally splitting one verse in half to that phrase really illustrates that point. God resists the proud, but gives grace, which is his favor and his power to the humble. Therefore, verse 6, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he might exalt you in due time. There is no, I believe, better message than the message of humility to be preached 
during what they call Pride Month. And essentially, we were talking about the title, Pride Brings Destruction. Pull up that title slide. It wasn't but a few, hand, oh, it's six years ago, number of men, six years ago that our Supreme Court ruled in favor of gay marriage. And we're seeing this in our streets now more than ever before under the guise of many different things. But when we accepted pride as a legitimate source of living, in the legal sense, we opened the door for destruction. Taking it all the way full circle back to our opening verse, pride brings destruction. And when we say pride, come on in, guess who what the twin brother is? Destruction. Whether it's under the guise of police brutality, destruction is in our streets. Rioting is in our streets. I don't know if y'all heard this too, and this is not politics, but this is happening. Current events, right? That are relative to the destruction and the judgment of our nation. Portland, Seattle's entire riot division, they all quit at the same time. Right now, to this day, just a few days ago, they have no riot police, zero. Not a single person. They all quit at the same time. Destruction is the twin brother for pride. You can't have one without the other. When we accepted pride, and I say we as the nation, destruction is sure to come. Sodom and Gomorrah, their issue was pride. Their issue was lust. Their issue was thirdly laziness. And I don't know about y'all, but pride, lust, and laziness fits the bill quite well. And church, I know every Sunday morning, speaking now more specifically to our flock, that we pray for Israel. We pray for our nation. I want to have a child. I want to be a father. I want people to say Happy Father's Day and not say prophetically. But I'm also very scared of bringing a child into this nation, into this time. Moms and dads, I don't want y'all to feel fearful because God's got them. But I would be remiss to not admit my own hesitation and reservation for said experience. So we need to pray. The word of the Lord's coming forth for our church to stand against pride in a spirit of humility that will dispel the spirit. The way to fight pride is to be humble. What did Jesus say? To turn the other cheek? He didn't say to fight back. He rebuked Peter. They that live by the sword shall... And what we need to do, not stand in arms against our opposition, we need to fall on our knees and humble ourselves. For and what does it says? That he might exalt you in due time. The best way for an offense is this a type of offense is going to be humility. Let's stand. I'm only 37 years old, and those, those that are here in this room that are older than me has known a nation that is a lot more appealing than with the nation that we're seeing today. I do believe, without a doubt, that overwhelming majority of people in this nation, this is my opinion, aren't as crazy as the media would like us to believe that each other is, and it's about division. But church, the issue with our nation is sin. The issue with our nation is pride. 
This message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.